I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Hey to the folks, Chris. Hello. <laughs> and uh, happy 4th of July week. Yes, Marka, Marka, Marka. USA is A-OK, but are we? <laughs> <laughs> we are not. Unfortunately, Gladys, we are not. I know. Do we really have anything to be celebrating this, you know, right now? But whatever. Uh, not really. No, there's there's not a thing I can think of at the moment. Yeah. So let's celebrate Drop Dead Gorgeous instead, yes. right? <laughs> Something worthy of celebration. <laughs> right. Finally. This film is uh, 21 years old this year, which is insane. Jesus Christ. Wow. That really sucks. That's not yeah. cool. That, yeah. Oh, dear God. Uh, I, I think the the first time I saw this was uh, soon after it came out, like on pay per view on like HBO or something, because we had that. And I, I just remember specifically because I saw this movie, Election, and um, uh, uh, the Virgin Suicides, like all over the per- or period of like one weekend. And like I love all three of those movies now, so Damn. it was just like what a great weekend for film, you know. <laughs> You know, 99, someone posted an article recently about how 99 was a surprisingly great year for movies, and I had never thought about it until I was like, wait, actually, yeah, because this came out, that came out, that came out. I was like, oh my god, it actually was a very good year. (laughs) It was, yeah. There was a a book that came out last year, too. I think it was a best movie year ever, and it just walks through, like, some of the films that came out and like the histories behind them and it was it was a good read i read it last year just over the holiday break wow. um yeah there was a lot of um because there was you know drop dead gorgeous obviously and which the book does not really get into which i'm like okay whatever uh rude. and um rude and like <laughs> um what else um election uh fight club <laughs> the matrix you know all these sort of iconic late 90s movies um oh yeah uh, a lot of teen movies too with um a whole Ten lot of teen movies. And, uh, uh, wait, now was she saw that? Was that ninety eight? Was that? Or was that uh, I think that was ninety nine. I think that was ninety nine okay. too. So, um, never been and, kissed. Uh, oh, that never been kissed. Um, American Pie, which does not really well, hold I mean, up, but well. uh, there's some really questionable <laughs> shit in that movie at and, the time. Uh, you know, yeah, at the time it was a uh, it was a big thing. Um, a, a dude fucking a pie. That was what we I guess yeah. wanted to see at the time. <laughs> I mean, I remember that being a pretty big draw. It was like, it wait, was a, he's going to fuck a pie? What? Right, you got to go see this movie because he's going to fuck a pie. <laughs> like, I can't believe that was the selling point of a movie back in the day. Right. It was like, he fucks a pie and you need to go see yeah. it. That's, that's, that's the only also, thing like, to recommend about it. I know. And, like, Jason Biggs, like, <laughs> wasn't exactly, like, like Mr. Attractive, you know? He was just kind of a normal guy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I would I, – if I had my choice, I would rather see maybe, like, Sean William Scott do it. But that, you know, oh that's my just gosh. me. That is yes. just me. <laughs> the Stifler, yeah. <laughs> gosh. Stifler's mom, though, it did introduce many people to Miss Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge, so, yes. Very true. I mean, we can't – you know, we, we can't discount everything ab- about the film, clearly. <laughs> right, right. I think I saw this uh, – I think it was opening weekend, and I went with my mom, 
and uh, we you were. Saw, you saw this in theaters? Yes, because it played for. I don't know a, anyone a who saw this in theater. It yeah, I was gonna for say literally like... a week, and <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, we were two out of like five people in the theater. It was pretty sad, and yep. I think my mom saw that and immediately dis- decided, well, I guess this movie's just gonna be really bad because nobody's here. So <laughs> she kind of made up her mind pretty quickly and and was like, "This is just stupid." I was like, no, no, this is the best movie I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. She didn't really she didn't really get it. And then I think it was uh one of the first movies I ever bought on DVD, I believe. Yep. Cuz this came out summer of 99, I I think, and uh right. then I think the DVD was out by Christmas. Right. And yeah, that I was when that uh, we got our first DVD player. So it was uh, the Rage, Carrie 2, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, and this. Those are my first three <laughs> DVDs, and I regret nothing. <laughs> and uh, one of those films has held up very well, and the other two are uh, charming for what they are. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> they are all masterpieces. <laughs> yes, yes. One of them has a tattoo that grows over a body. Ooh, and it's yeah. I mean, that's almost as good of a selling point as a dude fucking a pie. Right. I and a, and a CDs flying at your face. And uh, yeah, I mean, what a, more do you want? And also, I'm right. pretty sure both of those movies only played for like a week or two as well. So basically, yeah. my first DVDs were all like major flops. I love my <laughs> flops. What can I say? Yeah. And the and these kind of like um the satirical vibe was very big in that year too. Like mm-hmm. even most of the the popular films had this a little bit, you know. Um, like you said, for the longest time, this film was uh, kind of difficult to come by because you know it didn't really do very well. Oh, talk about Drop Dead Gorgeous again. Here we go. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it was a pretty big flop in theaters in 1999. Although apparently you saw it, so that's that's something, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I don't know if that really means much. <laughs> you added to the because it made. $10 million against a $15 million budget, so did not do very well. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, God. Yeah. And the, the critic reviews were more negative than not, although kind of mixed. Uh, it seemed like some people got it, some people didn't. There was a lot of comparing it to Christopher Guest's Waiting for Guffman, which, mm-hmm. understandable to some degree. I can see that, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I love those films. I do think Drop Dead Gorgeous's script is more consistent because i think the thing with the guest films is that it's really more about the script right they don't have a script right it's more about the the improv and the uh performances where drop get gorgeous you get both you get great performances and a great Mm -hmm. script so that's i think what makes it stick out (laughs) and after it was released on dvd uh you know it was really slow to build a cult following but it definitely has over the years um especially Mm -hmm. among women and you know queer people in particular Mm -hmm. and then I guess, if I recall, the, the DVD went out of print for several years, and then they yep. finally reissued it again a few years back. Um, and it's been difficult to find on streaming as well. You know, last year it was on Hulu for like a month or two, and then it got pulled, which yeah. is so weird. It was um, a hate crime is what that was. That was a yeah. 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 I do know some people that saw it for the first time while it was on there, so at least mm-hmm. that was a thing. Um, because the film t- turned 20 last year, so that was kind of a nice little moment. And, you know, folks, if, you, if you're having trouble finding it, it is now on HBO Max, um, which I know who, who wants another streaming service at this point, but it is not on there. Not me. I know, not me. 
Uh, I just got like the trial to check it out, and it, it's on there, and it's it's even on there on in high definition for the first time, which is crazy because I've never seen this film in high definition anywhere. Although the transfer is, eh, it's just fine. Uh, it, it beats the standard def, but whatever. And like again, where is the fucking Blu-ray? Right? It's so rude. It is so incredibly yeah. rude. This movie has been through enough, and it still cannot get its own due. Right. Just slap this baby on a disc and give it to us. Like, yes, I would yeah. love some special features, but, like, I will just take a bare-bones Blu-ray if that's yeah. what they have, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, where do we even start with this? You know, I, I just think it's it's a really brilliant, you know, biting, satirical, dark comedy. You know, it really skewers this kind of, the like, the hypocrisy of this small-town, like, uber-Christian America, which I, lo- mm-hmm. which I love. Um, the script was written by Lana Williams, who... Fun fact, listeners, plays um, judge number three in the film. Her name is Jean <laughs> Kangas, I believe, which is a fun little thing. I love her in this. She's so funny. Yeah. She doesn't, like, have any spoken she lines. She has but no so lines, good. but she makes a huge impression. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lana herself participated in a number of beauty pageants as a child, and she was crowned Minnesota's Junior Miss in 1985. So she had a lot of um, direct experience with this. And, because they say, write what you know, right? Yeah. And uh, she hasn't done a whole lot since this film, which is really sad because the script is mm. so good. Um, she wrote, and we were talking about this earlier, but you know, she wrote the original script for Sugar and Spice from 2001. Um, but I guess the studio just went in and really tore the script to shreds to the point where she asked her name to be re- removed from it, um, mm. which is sad. That's when you know it really got bad. Right, right. And that movie has some fun moments. I think it's it's a little bit of a mess overall, um, but you can tell, like, the the moments that she wrote because they're obviously, like, the best parts of the movie. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and she also apparently was one of the writers on Scout's Guide to, Zombie, to the Zombie Apocalypse, but apparently there were three other writers on there, and that film definitely feels like it has, like, four people who wrote it. It's, it's uh, another one that's kind of a mess. <laughs> And then, you know, Drop Dead Gorgeous was directed by Michael Patrick Jan. Um, this is his only feature film credit, but he's done a lot of TV directing on shows like Reno 911 and Community and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Happy Endings. Um, he was a member of the comedy troupe The Slate, which was featured in an MTV sketch comedy series from 1993 to 1995. Um, a lot of famous comedy names came from that group, like David Wayne, who did like Wet Hot American Summer. Um, Michael Ian Black and Ken Marino and also in Wet Out American Summer and a lot of those related properties. Um, uh, Thomas Lennon, Carrie Ken- Kenny Silver, just this this big group of uh, comedic actors that and directors that came out of this troupe. Um, uh, what's the What's the other big one that the other big troupe that uh, like Amy Poehler and uh, Groundlings? The Groundlings, that, um, I, I Upright Citizens Brigade and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Second City. Second City, yeah, yeah, yeah. Second City, too, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how many of people have come out of these groups, and um, yeah, you know, this is one of the funniest, most quotable films of all times. Like even the throwaway lines are hilarious, um, and they <laughs> get true. funnier with rewatches. It's 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 so insane. Like as I was taking notes, it was like we talked about this. It was hard not to just like write down quotes because that's all. Like it's so funny. Like I was like, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna do like a transcript of this entire film because it's right just, exactly it's, every line is yeah is a, is a winner. Yeah, yeah. It takes jabs at literally everyone. Like you know, like <laughs> I've heard some people. 
I've heard like some recent reviews that have been like, you know, oh, it's not super PC, and no. but at the same time, like it doesn't single out any group. Like, no. yes, there is some like questionable humor in this, but like again, it's I feel like it's equal opportunity for the most part. Yeah. Um. Uh, and it, it bucks a lot of I think the the teen movie tropes at the time too, which I really appreciate. Like. It's this film is sort of in a category all to itself. I mean, it, it has some shared DNA with like Waiting for Guffman and like Election and like some of the teen movies at the time. But in general, like it really is sort of its own thing, which I find really fascinating as well. So yeah, let's just kind of dig into the movie a little bit, and if we get bogged down, we can skip ahead as usual. And um, okay, yeah, we'll see what we get to here. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you open with that great montage moment or, or the commercial there of like, <laughs> um. The whole opening scene with Adam West, it just, it just sets, the, sets the tone perfectly, you know? It's just the casting. Just, of all the people in the world, Adam fucking West, it's so perfect. Right, right. You, you know it's going to be like a camp fest when you get yeah. Adam West. Like, TV's Batman, right? Sarah Rose knows you're a teenage girl. Uh, <laughs> it's got Sarah that Rose m- knows. music. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This commercial, like, it somehow, it toes the line between, like, being absurd, like, absurdly campy, but then also, like, this is a commercial you would see on TV. Like, I, I could see something like this real, like, be real. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sarah Rose knows you have an unusual talent. talent. <laughs> and then you get that, like, all the way from beautiful Mount Rose, Minnesota. <laughs> just randomly <laughs> piped in there it's just so funny. yeah yeah oh uh, uh, so like when you're watching this for the first time you're like what what the hell is going on and then yeah. we cut over to gladys and you know the other housewives of minnesota here <laughs> of mount rose um <laughs> gladys you taped your shows over it yeah <laughs> no iris you taped your shows over it. that's iris, what it is yeah yeah oh god <laughs> Now, the rest of the tape, which is gone yeah. forever. forever. <laughs> Why did I turn Irish? What is this? I, I don't know. Yeah. Me lucky charms, Iris. Me lucky charms. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. Oh, no. It is so great. And, you know, we meet Kirsty Alley, who plays Gladys Lehman. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she is a uh, a very conservative, uptight. Uh, she's like the head of this whole pageant, and uh, and I just I just want to take a second to mourn Kirsty Alley. She's not ac- a- actually dead, but she's dead to me. <laughs> she and, may as well be, yeah, yeah, because she's so funny, and I've always thought she was hysterical. And then you know she did the whole Scientology thing, which is bad enough. You know, mm-hmm. and then she's recently come out as a Trumper, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Mm-hmm. Why Kirstie Alley? So I, I'm assuming she's playing herself here. I don't know, right? But right. thankfully, herself is very amusing, so I'm okay with it. And I had read that originally they were trying to go with um, Sigourney Weaver, which I oh. was su- surprised by, but yes. I can kind of see it. It would be a very different film. But I think it would have worked. Wait, is this is this not Sigourney Weaver? I'm pretty sure it's Sigourney Weaver, Grant. It's Gina Davis, yeah. It's 
<laughs> That's a callback to our previous episode, folks. <laughs> it might be Deborah Winger. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> to be decided, right? Yeah. Random white actress <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of great prominence. Yes. And yeah, so Gladys has a daughter named uh, Becky, who mm-hmm. is played by Denise Richards, pre-Housewives. Mm-hmm. And you know, D- Denise gets a lot of a lot a lot of guff, and I've never understood it because this is a woman who has always known her strengths and has always played to them. Mm-hmm. She's very very funny, and she can also play that kind of bitchy thing too, which she gets to do both of those here. And uh, she's basically poised to win this contest because you know Mm -hmm. of of course her mom's in charge and uh but then you have amber adkins which is played by kirsten dunst and she's like trailer trash but she has a good a good heart and she actually has talent and she wants to be a newscaster like um her hero which is diane sawyer and her mom is played by ellen barkin who's fantastic Mm -hmm. and her mom's best friend is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Loretta, who is played by Allison Chaney, and uh. she walks away with pretty much the entire film, which is very hard to do since everybody's perfect in this film. Yeah, yeah. But I would say she is the MVP of the film, and uh, and it's just there's so many characters and there's so many con- contestants. It's it's hard to know where to start with this film. Where do you even begin? You know, I, I grew up in a pretty small conservative town like this that also had like a population of 5,000. So it's just it, watching this movie is just like deja vu the whole time. And it, it's <laughs> absurd how well that they capture this sort of small town life. And it, yes, it's heightened, but not as much as, you know, people would think. It's still oh, yeah. pretty true to life here and um yeah it's like these housewives and this is again kind of a callback to our stefford wives episode but like mm-hmm. these housewives are all about order and making everything seem like this everything in this town is really perfect and has this great you know pretty sheen about it but it's all so hypocritical here right because oh, yeah. i mean as we later discover you know spoiler but gladys is a fucking murderer yeah and she, Yet she she is gets upset like even knowing that there's this like back room in a video store right it's it's oh. absurd but they don't have those in Mount Rose <laughs> not in Mount Rose that Mm-mm. that filth is better left for the Sin Cities mm-hmm. Minneapolis St Paul Minneapolis St Paul <laughs> <laughs> I know what your uh, hairy uh, lipping what is it <laughs> no bra wearing hairy no bra leg, legged women lippers might say. <laughs> would say they might say a pageant is old fashioned and demeaning to the girls but why yeah, do I know yeah. every line of this this is pathetic uh, because this is, it's it, no 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 really it's sad. perfect yeah this yeah so sad. <laughs> it's perfect it's so sad it's so good though <laughs> and Gladys really is she's like this modern day Phyllis Schlafly right it's yeah it's, amazing and the whole highlight of her life was winning the exact same pageant all these years ago which is Mm -hmm. so fucking sad when you really stop and think about it but it's also hilarious but so true to you know you get these people that like that never ever leave their hometown Mm -hmm. and they are just convinced that high school never ended and are just constantly trying to recapture that little bit of spark that they had in high school just to like keep going it's it's a mm-hmm. thing for sure it's so sad but you do have yeah. ha- have to laugh because it's right. just so right. pathetic it's... <laughs> yeah and the film just captures that so well you know it does 
we'll and put together Gladys. And, oh god, that that lost Picasso song gets stuck in my head all the time. I, I love that song. Be a lost I love Picasso, Picasso. <laughs> doing so my good. thing. I'm like, I love that song. Yeah, and this soundtrack is is great because I love that all of the all of the acts have like some kind of a uh, Melissa Manchester song, which yes, I think yes. might have come from the writers' pageant days in the '80s because she was so big then. That's true. Yeah, and I'm like, like I, I I feel like she's probably trying to like stick it to all of the girls that you know were like I'm I'm gonna sing Don't Cry Out Loud or like right, looking right. through the eyes of love because because uh-huh, uh-huh. those were so big at, at the time. Yeah, I guess now it's like um, they always do uh, Let It Go. That's a big sure. one now, and yeah. uh, Memory was pretty big for a while. Memory, on, yeah. on my own was really big, yeah. and all those Linda pa- e- pathetic songs that are always yeah. Any big like Linda Eater ballad, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except uh, not sung as well. Not sung as well. No, it's always like like why do the girls with the head voice? always think they're a belter Have you it doesn't seen, make what, sense what's that video of uh some like beauty pageant contestant singing um and i'm telling you i'm not going yes <laughs> miss like miss lake darnell or something oh my gosh it's so bad it's <laughs> just like no 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 way like oh, what God. are you doing like it's like that is a that song is a cry from the gut you have to belt right. that song you can't right. be with it's like fuck off with your stupid church lady head voice head That's, voice no yeah. i it's, hate it's that. offensive is what it is it's offensive you know it's it's, it's a crime really against... offensive it's, it's so it's... offensive that needs to that needs to be belted you, you it have does. to belt that song it's so oh, oh my gosh that is something that would not be out of place in this movie no no like yeah, i can these... see that some of these acts are very much in that sort of vein, so oh yeah, sense. and uh, you know the the mayor character in this is so <laughs> oblivious. <laughs> and, oh my god, take down the goddamn Frida sign, you goddamn <laughs> lazy sons, sons of, of bitches! <laughs> every year, every year I say take down the goddamn, fr-. and his wife in the in the background is just shaking her head <laughs> every time he cusses. That is such a great realistic detail it is right. so realistic and perfect and it just demonstrates like how inept this politician is that like he can't yeah. even get someone to shut like take down the sign like he's all he can do is sit there and complain about it like how fucking true to life is that <laughs> oh my god when gladys is like in the car and she almost runs over this priest oh, yeah. <laughs> sidewalks sidewalks sidewalks, sidewalks. <laughs> <laughs> the communal wine just proves too tempting too for tempting some. For some. <laughs> That's why we Lutherans use red Kool Aid for the blood of Christ. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So good. Every line, I'm telling you, it's. Just... It, it, and it, that's very telling too, because like here you have this community of like hardcore religious people, and yet their priest is just stumbling around, drunk on communal wine. <laughs> this crazy drunk man, just in the middle of the road. Gosh. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's it's so funny. It, it, it's it's <laughs> it's like it's one of my favorite tropes too because it has it's like the unreliable narrators. You know, it's like oh, these totally. people are so convinced that they live in this utopic society, but like you can see as a viewer like how dysfunctional this whole town is. Yeah. 
and they think it's perfectly normal. Just they think it's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, they get to the mall, and it's like, you think they'd have the parking lot of America to go with the mall of America. <laughs> and then she parks in the in the <laughs> handicap, handicap spot. She says, I told you I'd move the car for Cripple Cane. Now oh just my go gosh. pick up some outfits. Because <laughs> we all know that person. She's such a self-righteous uh, Karen, right? An early days oh, Karen. she's here. totally yeah. a Karen. She would not be wearing a mask right right now. Nope. No way. Nope. And then she's going through, like, you know, her the, her the list of her favorite themes. And this is what made me think of, like, July 4th. I mean, there's a lot of things in this movie, but, like, where she's, like, proud to be an American. Or maybe buy American. Or, USA is A-OK. <laughs> Amer, <Like>. I can. <laughs> it's just that blind, obsessive love of country right it's just really this idea of this idealized you know america that people Mm -hmm. are trying to you know live but obviously that's not what's going on just just take a look at the news folks like yeah uh, yeah people ask me where i get this i don't know it's it's just like a gift from god or something (laughs) (laughs) and then like you said like we meet the the quirky cast of teen beauty contestants and there's some there's some big names in here right you got like Kirsten Dunst, which 99 was a big year for kirsten she was in like this and dick and um virgin suicides and yeah a lot of movies within a couple year period here Mm -hmm. um and then denise richards like you said who was just coming off of like um wild wild things things. yeah i guess the James Bond movie? I I think that came oh, out in right. Golden too, right? Yeah. Uh, or, I think it was like 95 or... Was it The World Is Tomorrow Not Enough? Never Dies? Is or, that the oh, one? Um, I, I think that one performed a little bit better than this one I did. I think but. it did a little bit better. <laughs> Although I think that was like one of the ones that they say like kind of killed the, the Bond franchise. So like, oh, whatever. Well, uh, oh, that's a shame. And then a couple years later, of course, she's Valentine, which... Oh, amazing masterpiece yeah uh, a masterpiece <laughs> and uh oh, this we also see amy adams in a really early role very here very early yeah and then of course the late Brittany murphy r.i.p queen oh god oh she's just i always try to think what she would be doing now i'm convinced she would have an oscar i'm convinced oh for sure for sure because she was like the best part of everything that she was ever in yeah she's like eight mile i remember yeah. that was a thing and uh, yeah. yeah she was great in everything and you, i just love how individual all these characters are like mm-hmm. lana williams did such a good job like making each one of these characters have a very specific personality and you really latch on to each of these people and it's, it's great and um oh, they're so fantastic and like you said, Kirsten Dunst plays the plucky protagonist, Amber Atkins. Mm-hmm. And her biggest inspirations are her mom and Diane Sawyer uh, because she wants to be a newscaster just like Diane. And like Amber also works at the local <laughs> funeral home doing hair and makeup for the deceased, which is just such a, a quirky, like macabre um, little detail. It's just the image of her practicing her tap routine as she's doing the makeup on these corpses it's not something you just forget about after you no. watch the movie it's no, so funny not. it's just she's just giving it her all with her little it's, walkman you know right it's it's just so idiosyncratic right. and like it just yeah I, I think it's what makes this film have such a cult appeal especially to like mm-hmm. us as horror fans because there are yeah. these weird little like horror touches in this even though it's not a horror That's movie true, like yeah. it has like the whodunit angle mm-hmm. and like like some of this macabre dark comedy throughout and it, it it's a great little uh carryover that i think has appeal to 
um, a lot of horror fans in particular. Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. basically like a slasher film without the slashing scenes, really. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> really, I think you only see Tammy die, right? I mean, I think that's the only one that you kind of see. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because, um, uh, yeah, you don't see Brett get killed, but you see his body. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which that, that death is, it, it's so, it's so absurd because like you, you know that like the, um, the Lehmans were involved in this death, obviously, because you see yeah. like Denise just like shunning this guy right before it happens. And then, oh, <laughs> there he is dead. Nope. Hunting season, you know. <laughs> but can we discuss Tammy? Um, yes. I feel like she might have been pushed into this pageant. I feel like she she's <laughs> giving me some very strong lesbian vibes. Yes, 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 And yes. Uh, I would like to see a film all about her. She's fascinating. Yeah. That could be interesting, her, her origin her. story. <laughs> yeah, what is Tammy's origin story? <laughs> yeah, because we only see her for, like, two minutes, and then, you know, she's burning up on this fiery thresher. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's got the, like, Letterman jacket, and she's all like, yeah, I'm on the softball team and the gun club, and I'm right. like, girl, <laughs> like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> And I love that she's the first one killed because, like, what threat was she really going to pose in the pageant? Like, That's the thing with this movie, I mean, really? you know? It's like all of these murders were ultimately unnecessary because they had yeah. this rigged from the beginning. You know, they picked exactly. the judges. They yeah. clearly uh, bribed all of these judges, which we'll get into. But, like, it's very obvious that all these judges had been paid to choose uh uh, the winner of this and yeah. so so all of these murders are just kind of secondary just like just to make yeah. it make becky maybe look a little bit better in the actual uh <laughs> competition but like she was gonna win regardless <laughs> so ridiculous yeah. and the judges can we discuss the judges <laughs> oh my god where I mean, do you even start right what a motley crew really yeah um yeah. you have john doe who is a uh pervert a yeah. actual pervert who is recording the girls uh for his own enjoyment later on mm-hmm. i assume mm-hmm. uh and then well, let's talk about the fact that his, his name is john doe i mean obviously he is a, like a registered sex offender somewhere that is using a false name like it's so funny <laughs> it's so fucked up <laughs> it's so great and <laughs> I can't pull it together. I can't do. And um, and then um, Hank, right? Hank. Uh, Harold and Hank. Yes. Harold and Hank, who who, I guess own like a like a landscape store. I like like yeah, a paint and hardware store or something. Yeah. Yeah. Harold is the one that has uh, full capacity. Yes. Mentally, but uh, Uh Hank does 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 not, and I think that's where some of the non PC stuff happens right. now because they throw yeah. the r word around quite a bit for sure i feel like i should be more offended but it's just so ridiculous that i just that's the thing I can't really like take offense <laughs> these jokes are so absurdist and so over the top that like it's it's not necessarily like singling him out like it's just no. pointing out the fact that like like again everyone in this town i mean for one thing treats this guy awfully oh and, it's awful yeah and uh, 
again, it, the, the, the humor is just so absurd. It's like, you know, I understand, you know, if someone if, if someone on the special needs scale watches this and has a problem mm-hmm. with this. But right. again, I, I don't think it is singling out this character. It is just no. sort of pointing out the fact that this whole town is just made up of these absurd characters that like, yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, everything is just played up to like the 100th degree. And that includes mm-hmm. this character as well. And yeah, and of course that character is played by Will Sasso, who is mm-hmm. known for like Mad TV. Mad and, TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the third judge that we talked about, of course, played by <laughs> Lana Williams. <laughs> Just this like frumpy, unassuming <laughs> girl with glasses, right? She's basically Fomka Jansen in the faculty pre-transition. So true. So into, true. like you know the sexy vamp. She's like that like downtrodden like wall. Th- flower wears like a lot of like long sleeve sweatshirts you know and yes yes, yes <laughs> she yes. just looks like the saddest person in the world yeah <laughs> she just, yeah she just looks so pathetic and it's, and it's so... i guess she works at the lehman's furniture shop doing I, something that's it's I, never really clear i don't know what she does yeah i don't i don't know if she just works there if if, if he was showing her around i i like i get the I sense know. that he was bribing her by giving her free furniture and that was part of the Maybe. reason why she was there oh. I, I don't know though it's hard to uh, layers because layers layers yeah layers. the layers of this movie right because they're all being bribed in some way like even the the herald and hank like they're like oh they're giving us money to do the, to keep the store running or something right so it's, right. it's just so clear that the, the, the Lehmans have this in their pocket from the beginning. And Ugh. I think the more you watch this, the more you're like, like it's so, and the only person who is in on this is Loretta, right? You know, she, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, she, she's she like, knows right from the start. She knows what's going on. You know, she's mm-hmm. like, go over there. Cause that's where your real story is. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a uh, front page news. Every time one of them takes a shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> one of you boys going to drive me home. <laughs> yeah. Don't fall for it, she lives two trailers down. Two trailers down. down. Yeah. It'd be real so easy, though. It'd be real easy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, we need to talk about the dance instructor as well. The choreographer. Oh, God. Played by uh, Cloris Klinghagen. Yes. She is just an icon because she never does anything. She just sits there and just <laughs> instructing them the whole time. Time to close. Time to close. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> if I were a betting girl in Vegas, yeah, it, it's uh... a. <laughs> and her I'm makeup looks like this, like drag queen, absurd thing. It, ugh, I just, yeah, I love I'm her so much. Pretty she's like, sure she sleeps in her makeup and then reapplies it every day. That's what <laughs> yes. it looks like to me. <laughs> she is just such a like. She's she's what I want to be with, with my life. You know, she, yeah, because she doesn't do anything. She just she does sits it. there. She oh, reminds God. me of my Grammy. She does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like we talked about, like people are slowly being offed in this town. You know, you have mm-hmm. Tammy and then you have Brett, um, mm-hmm. who is kind of, it, it looks like it's going to be like a love interest for Amber, but then nope, it doesn't happen. And yeah. And then um, we find out that Amber's own trailer has gone up in flames. So she runs home. And I, I, just one of the best bits of dialogue in this where... Um, <laughs> I know exactly which one you're going to say. Um, she runs home. <laughs> she's like, Mom! Mom! <laughs> and, and the firefighter is just like... Uh, 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 what does he say? Like, oh, is she a, she a family member or something? <laughs> Loretta! 
<laughs> it's just like no no she's just screaming mom mom because she's got Tourette's oh, like, <laughs> and then she, she says mom I'll be right behind you in the hearse and in the hearse yeah, 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 yeah. don't oh let that God. worry you Annette <laughs> it's so good they go to the hospital and and the, the can of beer that her mom has been <laughs> drinking is now fused to her it's so good she gets she gets so much physical comedy with that like her hand throughout this it's so funny ellen barkin man oh she's such a treasure and it's so great to see her doing comedy because she's great yes and and so amber you know makes a good choice to say i think i'm gonna not continue with this pageant thing because it clearly you know i could be next Right. And then her mom basically has to convince her to, you know, continue. And and, of, of course, Loretta helps, you know, mm-hmm, quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and then there's one of my favorite exchanges yeah, I know with this, yeah. this, uh, this, uh, this candy striper, candy striper co- yeah. comes in and sees them, you know, a little distraught and, and says, okay, God, what did she say? Uh, you're uh, oh shit! Oh yeah, fuck it up, and it's so good. Happy, happy Sue. Um, or, yeah, I can't. Remember. What yeah, did she yeah, say? And, and, and your and your friend serious Sally. Sally, how about yeah. a nice cool mint to turn those frowns upside down? And Laura just goes, <laughs> "You think a nice cool mint would help if I shoved your head up your ass?" <laughs> <laughs> And her face just falls. It's so funny. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, come on. Oh my gosh. Why did why did this not make like fifty million bucks? I don't get it. It's so funny. What do you people want? I don't understand. And it seems like it would have been like perfect for this time period too. Like, because election has like a lot of this sort of similar dark humor too. And it just like why is that film regarded as this like cult right. uh masterpiece while drop dead gorgeous is still kind of under the radar for a lot of people a mm-hmm. lot of people and i don't i don't and get it i would like to say well maybe the trailer wasn't great but i seem to recall that made me want to see the movie so i don't yeah. think the trailer was bad yeah 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 i think the original title for this was like dairy queens which is also kind of perfect yeah and i like that yeah name. yeah and then uh later Ellen Barkin also has a great like moment with the nurse too, which is like, would they get, would they have a sale on dull needles at Kmart? <laughs> you have a super day too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one of you comes in here without a pack of luckies and without a pack of luckies in your hand dies. She dies. I tell you, <laughs> I'm at the point where I would literally kill for the nicotine in between someone's fingernails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. And then, okay, they move over to the judges' interviews, which are also just amazing oh, because – and this is another moment where it's very clear that this whole thing has been rigged because everybody mm-hmm. else gets these really easy questions like, if you were a tree, what would you be? But then Amber <laughs> – Oh, God. Her question, of course, is name and spell all the United States in alphabetical order. <laughs> oh, that gives me anxiety just th- thinking about it. Yeah, which she does, you know? Yeah. Alabama, A-L-A-B-A-M-A, Alaska. You know, it just goes through every one of these states. West Virginia. <laughs> She's a, a stronger gal than I, let me tell you. Right? She, I, they call her a Mary Sue today, I guess. But, you know, she, she's amazing. <laughs> she can do anything. and She really can. And, like, they're just, every step of the way, they're trying to take down this girl. It's really interesting, though, that they wait so long to try to kill her. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Do they? I, 
I'd well, probably try to kill her first if I was going yeah, to. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they tried to kill her in the the trailer, but... Um, oh, but she wasn't home. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, the oh. cops are totally bought off the whole movie, too. And so, like, uh, they... Or, or they're just so oblivious, like, one of those mm. two. Because the whole time they're like, oh, uh, bad wiring. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of like the first act. And then you get into the second act, which is like the actual pageant and everything. And um, and during rehearsal, before the show starts, of course, there's a mysterious incident there where <laughs> this stage light just falls from the rafters and smacks <laughs> the, one of the contestants, Janelle, on the head. But although, as we know, it was actually supposed to hit Amber instead. But, <laughs> but so this girl is doing her act with um sign language and yes. um and so she's trying because i i think she has she has like some someone in her family that's deaf maybe right yeah i think her remember. mom and no, or, and yeah, yeah. and then so it turns out that the light didn't kill her but it made her deaf and she made her really, deaf she's, she's really happy about it, happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> i mean come on that's oh. just funny that's fucking hilarious. It, it made her deaf. Oh, that's great. I'm so happy for her. That's such a, that's such a, that's such a Stepford Wives, like, conversation moment where they're sitting around. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, God. It's so funny. Yeah, so now Amber thinks because someone switched the numbers that, you know, she's next in line. Right to be killed which is probably true and yep. um and uh then of course god there's so much that goes on in this movie it's like i know, I, I know. we have skipped like all kinds of little chunks i know it's, like it's so hard to get to e- everything it, this is it, a complex movie right you could make like an entire movie out of all the little asides in this with like yeah. the, the librarian and the the pork uh, the pork uh <laughs> commercial and like there's so many little moments I work in this. here now yeah it's so it's yeah. so great like it's one of the most just dense films of all times dense with details and i don't think it really gets the respect it deserves in that regard but like Mm. so many little individual details and that's what makes it such a rewatchable movie because it gets better every time because you notice something every time even this time around i'm noticing one or two little things that i haven't noticed and i've seen this like a hundred times it's it's all about world building world Mm -hmm. building you know and uh, the the pageant opening with Gladys is hilarious. You know, is is that applause for me or my gown? <laughs> it's so cheesy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once again, so realistic. It's... So realistic, so realistic. Uh, and then you get into the, the, the this land is my land group number thing. With, oh, and of course, they all have perfect responses to this. We haven't even talked about Tess, of course. But oh, Tess. poor Tess, yeah. She loves Tess... her dogs. Yes. Um, her name... And her talent is all of the <laughs> all the of dog. the breeds of dog she is oh going to impersonate uh <laughs> i think beagle her, the beagle <laughs> oh god and then you have the girl uh michelle i think who yes. is doing a monologue from soylent soylent green <laughs> green which oh is like the god. worst thing you could possibly pick yes and it's so pretentious and self-important and it's so great and oh, I, I love, love her it. for it i love it soylent green is, is people, people. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> <laughs> so overdramatic 
Oh my gosh. Oh, and uh, um, and then Leslie is, is like some cheerleader, cheerleader, uh, homoerotic wrestler thing. Roll <laughs> <Pull> them over. <laughs> Pull them back, yeah. And then she has that great moment with the, the Washington Monument makes me proud to be an American. <laughs> And she's like stroking it stroking. like a dick. <laughs> How is she not disqualified? Like it's absurd. <laughs> oh, and Tessa is like, oh, my my uncle Phil's world's largest ball of twine in Bundy, Minnesota, makes me <laughs> proud. Wait, I think I misunderstood the assignment. Poor girl. <laughs> It just falls down, poor thing. I think her last name is like Winehausen or something, which yeah. is clearly like w- Wine Rider, like a, a mm-hmm. reference to the dog or whatever. That's so funny. Yeah, that's um, Winehouse. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get like one of the most iconic scenes of the film where Mary Johnson's rendition of, we haven't talked about Mary J- Johnson much, but her rendition of we Don't Cry Out Loud, of course. Yeah. So In she a wheelchair. A, a, uh, a former contestant who now has a, a severe case of anorexia. <laughs> Oh, it's another like... I promise it's uh, funny. I promise. I know, I know. <laughs> it's like anorexia. Hilarious. I know. But I promise, I in this movie, it is. <laughs> Again, it's so absurdist and ridiculous that you just have to laugh. You just have to laugh. Yeah. And so, apparently she won, like, a year or two ago, or I guess mm-hmm. a year ago. And at yeah. this point, she is deteriorated so much that her hair is falling out and she has... <laughs> She has to wear this horrible wig that does not go with her complexion oh, at, God. At, all. at all. At all. She's made up to look like a like a corpse. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. horrifying yep. makeup, and she's so weak that she has to be wheeled out by her nurse. Oh my gosh! Uh, just wheeling her around wait. the stage in time for the music. <laughs> oh God! As she lip syncs, not even sings, lip syncs to don't lip cry sinks. out. Don't cry out. Loud. Like she, she won the pageant with this routine last year. That's for doing oh that, God. just oh for lip syncing. Lip syncing. Uh, this is like, like RuPaul's really? Drag Race up in here. Yeah, this is your lip sync challenge. It's absurd. Oh, I love it though. Like, Amber is the only one of these contestants that has, like, any real talent. And it, it yeah. should have been, she should have been so clearly the winner. But, of course, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. But uh, first we get this great conga number with, uh, and as, as if the movie wasn't gay enough, we get Gloria Estefan's, <laughs> come on, chicken body, baby, do that conga. Yeah, it's, oh. But you see, the problem is that the step ladders that they're using as props have mm. just been freshly painted. So right. as, they're, as they're doing their dance, they just keep getting paint all over themselves. <laughs> all over. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they have to get paint thinner to, 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 to take it off and b- 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 before the next costume change. It's just so the best. The best part of that scene is, though, when it cuts to Annette and Loretta, and Annette is hopped up on, like, pain oh, medicine, God. so she is just cracking up the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, that's me. That's me right there. Oh, yes, yeah, same. Like, same. I don't if even I need the meds. There. I would just be dying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, you know, Gladys has another moment where she has to, like, live in the moment and be like, can you believe oh. this gown? It still fits. And Loretta. You had a big ass then. You got a big ass <laughs> big now. Big ass now. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> and can you believe it? They still fit. That's so stupid. It's so dumb. Oh, God. Uh. And I think that's the thing. Like, you can tell that, like, a lot of these people went to school together originally, like Annette mm-hmm. and Gladys and Loretta. So oh, it's yeah. just, it, it's so hilarious that, like, <laughs> they're just kind of reliving their uh, teen moments as well while they're watching this. Right. And it's perfect. I love it. 
Let's see. And then while this is happening, there's some extra drama because Amber's talent costume has mysteriously disappeared. I wonder Mm -hmm. who the fuck did that, right? Yep. There's a big fight. She tries to explain the situation to Iris. And um, Iris just (laughs) I use this quote all the time. I know what you're going. I know know what you're going to (laughs) get. This is not American teen princess pageant. Uh, um, uh, What did she say? This is not an American teen princess pageant behavior. And then she's like, well, good. Because this is not an American teen princess pageant. This is is, is Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany. I don't know where they get this stuff. Where, where do they get this stuff? Yeah, it's <laughs> Mindy Sterling in this role is she's so, so underappreciated. She is she's so comedy good. Comedy gold. And of course, before this, she was known for like Austin Powers. Oh yeah, yeah. With Frau Babizanar. Yeah, it's yeah. she's so good in this role. Um, and, and then, yeah. thankfully, uh, Brittany Murphy's character gives her her costume. Right? So sweet, so sweet. So that she can compete, but she still has to beat out. <laughs> Becky's um, <laughs> very interesting performance. Oh my god! Uh, can't take my eyes off of you. Um, right. The first time I saw this, when she walks out there and she's starting to, you know, sing her song, which "sing" is, you know, in quotations sing. there. Um, she speaks it, and she's just talking, yeah. and she's looking at her dad. And he's, like, mouthing it along. Yeah. And I'm like, please tell me she's not about to sing a sexy song to her father. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And then it gets so much worse. So much worse. <laughs> a life-size cross with Jesus flies out from the wings. <laughs> and she starts to sing and dance on this cross that has oh wheels. Oh, my God! It is it's... the most amazing thing. It's and so at that crazy. point, I'm like, maybe she does need to win. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's a pretty good act. She I made think. a bold – that was a bold choice, okay? It's and a bold she played, choice. She played to her audience. She knew that they would love it. She knew. She knew. Although, ironically, I heard that some people walked out of the test screening of this, like, at this moment. Because oh, yeah. it's so, oh, like, yeah. absurd. And it's another moment where, like, okay, is it sacrilegious or is it just so absurd that all you can do is laugh at it? Exactly. I I, I choose to believe it is just comedy gold. Voice of an angel, that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's just talking the whole time. <laughs> You're just too good, too good to be true. To be That's true. not singing. It's not. Uh... I love you, baby. Oh, God. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, we forgot to mention that all of a sudden, like, a choir comes in. Yes. <laughs> once Jesus oh, comes God. out. It's like a church oh, co- choir that's just singing in the background. So, so yeah. So, so after that performance, of course, you know, even though Amber put on a good show and gave that wonderful tap number, mm-hmm. the clear winner, of course, is Becky and Lehman. Oh, and they act so shocked. They're oh so my shocked gosh. that she won. It's like really, yeah. Mm. And it's it's again. It's like it was so obvious. Like from the beginning, as viewers, we're watching this, and like obviously yeah. they're gonna obviously Becky's gonna win. But the only person who really knew this was Loretta. Like in the actual mm-hmm. story, like it, everyone else yeah. was like, oh, like they thought they had a chance. And it's it's really kind of sad. Like in it's that really moment sad. right after, yeah. Um. Oh, and I, oh my god, I love the runner-up prizes. Like. One of them is like a fifty dollars scholarship to a bull tech of her choice. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of wraps up like the second act of the movie. And 
I can I can understand like if you're in theaters you're probably like oh the movie's about to end right because like that's what I thought it's the culmination of everything right where's it gonna go like the pageants happened she won okay I I guess we're done (laughs) but wait wait, there's there's more more. (laughs) (laughs) because everything just kind of spins out of control after this and gets so fucking crazy and it's it's really short too it's like within like a 25 minute period like so Mm -hmm. much happens here so we'll just try to touch on that really briefly here but it's so crazy you know uh and and, uh, but first uh Brittany Murphy gets that great moment where it's like, <laughs> Peter's gay, dad. Gay! <laughs> gay! Gay! Oh, <laughs> uh, God. And that's how I came out. Yeah. Right! And that's just, the thing. Just like that. <laughs> like, there aren't any, like, overtly gay characters in this film except for her, her uh, brother. But yeah. it, this film just has so much queer sensibility regardless that yeah. it's one of those movies that, like, it is... It is obviously a queer film, even though it mm-hmm. doesn't have overtly queer characters in it. Like, it's exactly. just so clear. And then, oh, God, the parade scene, right? Oh, boy. Which is probably the most iconic scene in this film. I think I've said Definitely. that, like, five times, but, like, it's so mm-hmm. true. Uh, so right away, we know something is wrong because Becky's dad is bragging about how he had this giant float made in Mexico, right? <laughs> And he offered to pay off the workers in tacos, which is so fucking racist, right? So racist. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so racist. I, I like to think that they intentionally rigged this this float to uh, do this. Oh, I would love it. I would love if, if that was true. Just to get back at him for being so goddamn racist. And Becky makes a, a, a comment earlier in the film that's like this, too, where she's like, Oh, yeah, my dress, it was made by one of my dad's many Mexican workers. I'm like, oh, my Mexican God. Workers. <laughs> <laughs> and th- this family, they think, like, they're, like, helping out, like, some lost cause or something when they refer to these, you know, Mexican workers. And it's like, oh, my God, like, the white privilege of it all. It's, it's so great. It's so fantastic. It's, oh, my God. So Just while Becky satires, it's you, so thick. Yeah, it's so good. So while Becky is up on this giant avian bird float, <laughs> um, Amber and Leslie are just like sitting behind, reminiscing. You know, this is exactly how I pictured it: choking on swan gas. <laughs> and then kaboom! Kaboom! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! I can see where maybe this is where the movie loses people, but I think it's so great. <laughs> it's, it's so perfect. It's so oh, anti-Hollywood, anti-everything. Right? And so this this float explodes, killing Becky. Yeah. And Gladys has a meltdown, a truly <laughs> Oscar-worthy meltdown. Right, right. Um... And it's like just it's sort of like it's really funny. It's also really pathetic. It's also a little scary, I have right. to admit. It's really terrifying. The whole thing is just kind of sad and lame at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and she basically confesses to killing everyone. Right? Just this like and, uh, and, But then the mayor is like applauding because <laughs> he thinks it's like part of the show <laughs> right right that's like some of the characters in this movie are in on the joke i swear because they are just having so much fun watching this while this is happening while while everyone else is just like dying and i relate most to those characters who are just like what? 
Oh God! And then uh, oh yeah, she gets that the most iconic line in the movie, right? The swan ate my baby. Get up, baby. We're gonna go to state. Oh God! Yeah. Once again, you're like, okay, so that's the ending, right? Right. Right. That's then- that's gonna be the ending, right? Yeah. But no, this movie has like 15 endings. It just it just keeps twisting and turning. Because then you're at the funeral, and the priest is like, you know, well, maybe it's the Lord's way of telling us to buy American. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's so good. Like, he he thinks it's like a gift from God, right? Like, everything was God's will, right? Even this this, this terrible thing was just, oh, well, it's just uh, sending our our girl back to God's arms. And um, (laughs) so because of this, Amber is now... Mount Rose, American teen princess. And she gets that great line. That's like, you know, the whole thing's just kind of sad and lame at the same time, which I use every day of life. Because she gets crowned like at the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is sad. It's so, so sad. And And she gets to go along for the next few steps. And, uh, and okay. So the first stop is the, uh, I can't remember where it is, but it's like at like a Holiday Inn, right? It's at, like a, this... at, a, at an airport, an airport hotel, yeah. because they make the big deal of that. Oh, They're airport so hotel! Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Loretta goes with her. Yep. And they make some trouble, you know. Right. We meet and, the uh, uh, the esteemed character actresses Nora Dunn and Mo Gaffney, and this film just like keep inter- like even in like the last like ten minutes, we're introducing new characters, which is just, yeah, which <laughs> again, is it's so absurd. It's a big screenwriting no no. I was gonna say it I goes against like every school, screenwriting but... thing, right? It's it's <laughs> yeah, but it's but so it's, great. It's yeah. like when they're that great, like who cares? You know, it's, You're right. It's... And, oh, it's so fantastic. And they're p- playing like the co-founders of the Minnesota Model Academy. And they get some great lines, too. With, Stop with the freaking Marco Polo or I'll come over there and rip your fat little heads off. <laughs> and again, this this film, it does some foreshadowing here because you know something's wrong because they can't afford to have the girls stay overnight at this hotel mm-hmm. uh, because there's apparently some budgetary issues, which it's foreshadowing what's going to happen at the end, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and then, of course, all hell breaks loose at this uh, dinner that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where tragedy just strikes and <laughs> fucking, you know, beauty queens uh, blowing chunks everywhere <laughs> because of improperly refrigerated shellfish, which, again, is so probably gross. because it was probably just sitting around forever because they couldn't afford to buy anything new because this, this whole... While this is happening, this whole modeling academy, Sarah Rose Cosmetics, is just going under and for under mm-hmm. bankruptcy, and it just—it's <laughs> so funny that, like, they put in these little details like that. That, um, it, and it makes the last scene just so much more heart crushing and hilarious. Oh my god! Yeah, because it, that last yeah. scene is just. There's really nothing else like it that I can think of in no. any other film. It is no. so bizarre and funny and sad at the same time. But yeah, so sad because yeah, they arrive at the Sarah Rose Cosmetics headquarters and these are like all the winners of the uh, pageant, which Amber Atkins is now one of them because she was the only one who didn't get sick. I love that that's the reason why she is now the winner. (laughs) And yeah, they get there and they find out that Sarah Rose Cosmetics has been uh, closed because (laughs) I guess they 
tax evasion, or, like with the IRS. <laughs> Which so, they just like stormed the building and like knocked down all of the signs. Oh my and, like, gosh! The scoring is so idiosyncratic because it's playing like Stephen Foster's "Beautiful Dreamer" the whole time, and it's it's so perfect. And they're all like screaming. Yes. Oh, yes. it's heaven. It's so, yeah. And Amber just looks around and just sadly gets back on the bus. Yep. <laughs> And then we get that great epilogue, which oh, which yes. tells yes. you what happened to everybody. And I it's, love it. It's just – it's a bundle of joy. This was a very late, late 90s trope of, like, this mm-hmm. montage of, like, here's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it picks some, like, kind of specific people to talk about because it's, like, Leslie becomes an exotic dancer. Um, yeah. Hank takes over the hardware store. And then, of course, Gladys escapes from prison, <laughs> goes on a sniper rampage at the supermarket in Mount Rose. Oh, God. I love Which it. Amber just conveniently happens to be at. Yep. And uh, her sniping kills a re- reporter. So Amber takes over and due to her, as they say, uh, composure under pressure, she gets the job of the girl that was shot, which yeah. I feel really bad for the girl who was shot. I know. Like, it's so sad. Being like, yeah. So I just got shot. I can't wait to get back to work. Oh, by the way, um, we gave your job to the girl that stole your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but it works out for Amber and she it deserves does. it. You it know, does. Yeah. She's a good person. She earned and it. Yeah. She gets her dream of being a newscaster. It's not quite diane sawyer but she's still young she might you know get through the ranks and so it ends on on a very optimistic note which is great and that's the interesting thing about this movie that like is it is it like is it saying that like the world is a chaotic place and anything can happen and you know fate is not real or you know is it saying that like you can go through all this shit, but ultimately things are going to work out okay in the end. I think you can make an argument and for that's both. That's what I choose to believe is that it's trying to say that if you're a good person, you might get screwed a lot. But in yeah. the end, something's going to work out. But the thing is, is that I was told the original script had Amber winning and then she's the one that explodes in the swan oh no and the rest of the film is becky oh my god i'm like how did how does the rest of that play out i um don't know and so they changed that but then i was told that the original ending that they shot had gladys hanging herself in prison and she never like break breaks out. So I'm like, so what happened to Amber in the original ending? So there was a there was a reshoot apparently because yeah. the test screening didn't go well. And so I'm That's wondering what that yeah. was all about. You know? I wonder if that footage is still out there. I would love to see it. It's yeah. gotta be. It's yeah. gotta be. Um, um, so God, I'm wondering be... what the intention was there. Oh my that God. says something very different at the end than what right. we get. You know? Yeah. What if they found this and put it on the Blu-ray? Wouldn't that be amazing? I God, dare, please, please. Dare to we dream. don't ask for much. Dare we to don't dream. ask for much. We do not. The, the, the montage kind of feels a little tacked on, but I love it anyway. It's, it's, I it's guess great. it was then. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it was. It, it's like the, the last scene of the faculty like we like to talk about, right? It's, it's like, oh, okay, that's why they put it here. But uh, yeah, it's uh, – it, Oh, I wonder if – in the original script, Becky goes through all of that shit, and then she gets to the last scene where they discover that the company's been bankrupt, 
and it just ends with her being like, what the fuck? I killed all these people for nothing. (laughs) I kind of like that. I could be down for that. I could be down for that. That's pretty funny, too. Yeah. I might be all right with that. Right. Which, that's an interesting message that, like, you can step on people to get ahead, but ultimately it's going to come back and bite you on the ass. So that's, I kind of like that. It's going to catch up to you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still kind of an uplifting ending in a way. Right, right. But if Amber died, that's really sad. That's so depressing. Yeah. I can see audiences not being okay with that. Especially because Kirsten Dunst was like America's sweetheart at that time, you know? It, you, oh, you yeah. Can't, you can't kill yeah. off America's sweetheart, um, even though she no. kills herself in The Virgin Suicides. But, like, she, that was her oh, yeah. agency. <laughs> she does it on her. <laughs> yeah. She made that choice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I love that the epilogue is, like, scored to Joan Jett's cover of the Mary Tyler Moore oh, it's theme my song. favorite part. Yeah, it makes it's me so, so happy every yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, oh man, she's going to make it after all. She's going to make it after all. Throwing mm. up the hat in the air and uh, <laughs> the, our TR in this case, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, God, this movie is, it's just, it's a perfect film. I, I love it so it's much. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The, the soundtrack is perfect. Like we said, it's, it's, it's a great mix of like older, uh, like pieces like you said like the, the melissa manchester stuff with like some newer stuff and like um i i think that this would make a great musical like i keep waiting for somebody to adapt yeah. this into a, a stage show but um i think it would i mean there's you know there's a, a great uh main character i can see a, a great i want kind of a song oh for sure you for know sure. like yeah. i want to be diane sawyer i don't write music obviously <laughs> um, so, so i don't know like like there's so many quotable one-liners that you could make a, a song out of and uh oh so, god yeah um and keep revisiting it folks because i've heard a couple mm. people say that you know they were like oh okay like i i don't really get why this is so popular and i'm like okay go watch it about five more times and you'll start to realize yeah. because again it's in the details here there are so mm-hmm. many little nuances in this that um make it so rewatchable and I, I, it's one of the most rewatchable films of all time because of that um mm-hmm. and uh yeah, I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to talk about this. This was uh, this was one because folks, you might remember in our first episode we talked about our favorite horror and non horror films, and both of us had dropped a gorgeous as one of our favorite non horror films, and uh, I, I, it definitely has so much queer sensibility. And um, you know, we are both a horror podcast and a queer podcast, so I, I think it was mm-hmm. fun to cover something like this. And we'll, we'll do this every once in a while. Um, I think we're going to have like a queer camp cinema series. Um, yeah, that might be fun, right? Yeah. And I don't know how often, maybe once a month or um, whenever we yeah. feel like it and have time. And uh, Because there's so many of these great kind of horror-adjacent, like, dark comedies that have developed. Mm-hmm. That, and, you know, when we talk about queer horror as sort of a, a burgeoning genre here, like, a lot of times some of these films get grouped into there because they they do have, like, some horror influences and they're so campy, which tends to be yeah. a very um, queer uh, thing in general, so... Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to describe why something would be considered like a a kind of a campy movie because a yeah. lot of pe- people think like oh like Mamma Mia I'm like no no like I think it's it's when you take it really seriously that's camp when yeah. you're taking yeah. something so ridiculous right seriously the actors are playing it with a straight face whereas with like something like mama mia they're just you know hopping up and down and just being like we're so silly aren't we don't (laughs) you think this looks like so much fun and it's like no because i don't think you're really 
believing this. Like you're treating this as a joke. Yeah. And I think when you treat it as a joke, it's not funny. It's just kind of like, what's the point here? Right. You know? Yeah, no, I think that's a good way of summing that up. It's, um, yeah, and it's often very heightened, um, mm-hmm. which this film is just, everything is just 10 degrees above <laughs> how you would normally play it, while yeah. also being, like, weirdly kind of understated at times, like we said. Like, yeah. It, because it's, it's it, like, people do talk like this a lot of the times. It's just enough, mm-hmm. like, heightened that you're like, okay, this is hilarious, but it's hilarious because it's relatable. And I've heard people mm-hmm. talk like this, especially it's if you're from a small town. Like, I can understand someone from, like, I don't know, maybe New York or something watching this and being like, oh, my God, like, like mm-hmm. maybe not getting it. But, like, if you are from, like, this, any, this like, sort of Midwest or, like, you understand this culture, like, it is so spot on. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know how often we'll do this, like I said. Um there's, there's a lot of films we could cover. You know, we might co- cover straight up horror films every once in a while. Like there's some campy there. I mean, there's plenty of campy horror films that might not fit into oh, one yeah. of our other films. Um, uh, and then, or some dark comedies or maybe even like a melodramatic, like drama. Uh, there's, there's Ooh. plenty of so many things we could do. Um, I would love to touch on like Dolores Claiborne or something. Somewhere, um, Ooh, or like, uh, yeah, one. yeah. There's, 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 there's so many good movies. Um, yeah uh yeah thanks for tuning in folks and uh, as always you can follow us on instagram at homos on haunted hill or on facebook and twitter at h-o-h-h podcast and uh you know if you want feel free to leave us a little review on itunes i'm not i, I don't really care about that as much uh because i think we're getting a lot of great feedback just from word of mouth and i think ultimately mm-hmm. that's how we're going to get you know people listening but uh you know feel free to write about us on your social media account if you feel like that's a great way to spread the word um yeah and again thanks for listening and uh we'll see yes. you next week with uh we're back to our normal film series and it's we have a yeah, goodie picked out it's also kind of gay so it'll be good yeah it's pretty gay it's pretty gay. yeah it's pretty gay so alrighty. well uh you know uh hey to the folks and uh yeah happy fourth